Welcome back to another edition of the Camera Brooks Podcast. So on this episode, we invite back the president and CEO of Camera Brooks, Chuck Alvarez. If you remember from episode 114, my colleague Joel Junker interviewed Chuck and they explored how Camera Brooks helped military officers transition in 2020 when the global pandemic hit and all throughout 2020 and really looking forward to 2021. But in that podcast, Chuck defined the word transition and that word gets used and thrown a lot around military officers making the move from from the military to corporate America. So what I wanted to do is further define that word, take a deeper dive into how we, Camera Rooks, define the word transition. So in this episode, some of the things we get into, number one, we talk about some of the major concerns that executives in corporate corporate America have, especially as it relates to filling their leadership bench. We talk about this idea of a supply chain of talent and what corporate America calls succession planning. Now in the military, the military does succession planning very well, but there's usually someone managing that planning, either it's a branch manager or a monitor or a detailer. So we get into the idea of manager, managing your career and just how important succession planning is. And then from there, once we build that foundation, we really get into the word transition and this idea that you know we're talking about a three or four year process where a military officer goes from marketing themselves as an experienced military leader with business potential to an experienced business professional that comes from the military. So we kind of get go a little bit deeper into that. And then lastly, Chuck sheds light on two pitfalls that we consistently see as military officers are making the move from the military to corporate America. And so we go into those specific pitfalls and certainly how to avoid those pitfalls. And so I really hope that you enjoy Chuck's insight. He's been helping military officer transition since 1994. He's literally seen over 5,000, not seen, helped over 5,000 military officers transition from the military to corporate America. And so he's a wealth of knowledge and experience that I hope that you can appreciate and use as you're in your decision-making process as it relates to making the move or potentially making the move from the military to corporate America. Okay, without further ado, here's my conversation with Chuck. Okay, everyone, welcome back to our podcast. Another special episode featuring the president and CEO of Camera Brooks, Chuck Alvarez. Chuck, thanks for being back with us. Thank you. So when you did episode 114 with Joel late last year, talking about 2020 and kind of getting a read on what last year was like and then what we were going into, there was a couple of ideas that came from that podcast that I thought would be good just to have you expand on some ideas and topics. So this one's going to be shorter than the one that we did with Joel last year, but really wanted to focus in primarily in this episode on the idea of transition. You defined transition in our last meeting, but I'd just like to go a little bit deeper in that. And so my first question for you, because I think it really does start the conversation is when you're talking to companies and you're, talking to executive and director level leaders about their biggest problem. What do you see in corporate America as one of the biggest problems that that companies are facing right now as it relates to this idea of transition? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think there's a an acceptance across the entire landscape of businesses both in the US and and globally that 
um, that there's a supply chain of talent, um, especially leadership talent. And that supply chain, you know, starts with, with uh, managers at kind of the first, first line leadership all the way up to the CEO of uh, and the executive team in a company. And that, that, that uh, to, to have um, the leadership that you want to be able to execute a business plan, you know, five years from now and 10 years from now, that a company has to be deliberate and, uh, and diligent about, um, about managing that supply chain of talent within their, within their organization. So they spend a lot of time thinking about succession planning and all of the thought leadership papers that are out there today, Pete, are talking about, um, you know, top, top five issue in most corporations, in like 95% of corporations is, um, is a light leadership bench relative to to the to the number of people and the the amount of leaders that they're going to need over the next 10 years. And so I think there's just a very a high level of awareness in in uh, in wanting to um, cast a wide net in openings that they have to be able to find the very best leaders throughout that entire, uh, supply chain of uh, of leadership. I'm, I'm convinced that's true. I, I've only been at Cameron Brooks for eight years, and for seven of those eight years, the wind has really been at at our back. Right, the economy has been doing fine and doing well, but in this I, this year of global pandemic, the idea of not canceling a career conference. It, through, you know, in our lifetime would con- conceivably be one of the worst economic conditions of, of, of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, having not canceled a conference really convinces me that that this problem is real and is not going away and companies are constantly focused on filling their pipeline of leaders um, as it relates to that. I mean, we, 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 we made that decision in about 15 minutes in March. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that we had the April conference and um, and so it was it was obvious some companies were going to get affected by it but a lot weren't and so you know we adjusted you remember that I think it was on a Thursday Pete I mean we we got on the phone we we're like no no we're going to do this thing because there is still uh, there is still demand out there given that the uncertainty certainly um, put a dent in some of that demand but it by but not even close to uh, eliminating it, the the April candidates three weeks after this pandemic started still average you know seven eight interviews uh, per candidate um, you know one month in and that's you know grown back steadily as the economy the level of uncertainty in the economy has started uh, it started to become you know people are more aware now I think of what they're facing in the in the global economy than they relative to what they were in um, in March. Yeah, it's almost like it's still not great, but the uncertainty continues to go away, and and it'll gives people. Well, it's a new, it's a newer normal. You know, I think we all know where we are. the The worst thing is not to know what's going to happen. That's very difficult for businesses. You know, they can't really forecast, um, and nobody really knew what April and May was going to fully look like. But at the time, we were talking about a V shaped mm-hmm. recovery, and so I think a lot of companies instantly looked out six months from now 
and said, well, okay, we don't, we don't really know what's going to happen in the next, in, in the next month or two, but we know where we're going to be six months from now. Mm-hmm. And again, from the, from the supply chain of leadership and leadership recruiting, um, six months is an unbelievably short-term horizon. I mean, companies are looking out six years and 10 years at their supply chain of talent. You know, six months is a blink of an eye. One of the, you used a, a, a term succession planning. And as you well know, and I well know in the military, we have a branch manager or a detailer or a monitor. So there's not a lot of um, there's a lot of succession planning that goes on in the military. We just don't have any real control or really even visibility of it for the most part. But companies plan for their leaders, as you said, on a long, much longer time horizon than a year or six months or whatever it might be. So can you take a moment for those that aren't familiar with that term, just to find what is succession planning to a business and why is it ultimately important? Yeah, well, it is, uh, it is the way that they um, manage talent within their company. And so it is a process that very often is looked at all the way up to the executive levels in a, um, in a business. It's a strategic process where they are um, constantly assessing the capability of the people that they have in the company. And, and I would say the military has a, uh, has a very robust in the, in the officer ranks has a very robust um, succession planning process and a 100% promote from within. So you never see a brigade commander in the army infantry um, being picked off from, from the air force or, or from the Israeli military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they are, they know that it, to get to get a really good pool of captains, you need to have a good pool of lieutenants. And to get a really good pool of field grades, you've got to have a really good pool of captains. And so the business world has the same idea, except for that it's much more dynamic. Talent flows in the corporate world um, very different than the military. You know, people are moving from one branch of the uh, quote unquote, one branch of the service to the other branch, you know, switching industries. There's a, you know, there's a robust um, group of executive search companies that, you know, billions of dollars a year that are spent in corporations, you know, at that director and vice president level um, to, to be able to augment to their succession planning. But, but I think the most important thing is that succession planning is being pushed down into those manager level ranks. It's, it's much more thorough than it was 20 years ago. And I think, you know, if anybody's interested, you can always Google the nine blocks of succession planning. And it's a it's a common you'll pull up, you know, thousands of images in Google on these on these nine blocks. But on one axis, you always have performance. Let's call it the Y axis. And on the X axis, you're going to you're going to always have potential. And those two words, right, a perform a track record of performance, you know, low, medium and high on the Y axis and a track record of, of potential low, medium and uh, and high along the X axis. And so as you move into those nine blocks, obviously, you're moving up on the Y axis and, and to the right on the X axis and those blocks high up and to the right, you're always going to see 
are are the star performers. They're people that have a strong track record of performance within the business, and they're identified as a high potential, meaning that for the next role and the role after that and the role after that, the organization is recognizing the person's potential to grow into the next role. And this you know, this nine blocks of succession planning, because it is so dynamic, you know, organizations have the ability to pull people from within, but they also have the ability to look outside. And so, I think how how competitive does a person need to be to enter a corporation's or an industry's, you know, nine blocks of succession planning and get themselves up to the top right? I mean, it's unbelievably competitive. And there are, you know, you've got all the MBA grads out there. You've got star performers in the organization. You've got high potential military officers. I mean, there, there are just, there are, there is a, uh, you know, there is a, a large well of potential and, and therefore to establish yourself as a, as a high performer, high potential person in a corporation doesn't just happen in two weeks. Mm -hmm. I would liken it to the military where I think, you know, the idea of below the zone performance does not happen at the lieutenant level, you know, the, the, the O one, the O two level, the real idea of, of a, a high potential below the zone promotions is, is what Pete, you know, Oh fours, Oh fives, Oh sixes, you know? And so, so I think that, you know, when we, when we, when we talk about succession planning, we're really talking about a military officer leaving the military where they clearly have been identified as a high performer, high potential person yeah. um, and, and establishing themselves in a corporation as a high potential, high performer. And, and we look at that transition time to go from a high potential, high performing military officer to a high potential, high performing business person. That is our definition of the transition. And it is a solid three to four year process by which a high performing military officer joins an organization and goes through the process of establishing themselves as a high potential, high performing leader in that organization and enters the succession planning process, you know, the below the zone, if you will, process for that corporation and even that industry. Because again, recruiting, you know, when you get yourself up to that director level um, in a corporation, there is a lot of recruiting in adjacent corporations. So it's not just succession planning within your own company. It's really developing the credibility as a high potential, high performing leader within your entire industry. And, and, you know, you're, I've done a lot of work with executive search firms. They have unbelievable databases of, of high-performing, high-potential leaders across all industries. And you can find a Cameron Brooks alum that is up there, you know, 20 years post getting out of the military and ask them how many phone calls they get from executive search firms. I mean, it, it can be one a week. Because, because there's such, once you've established yourself as that, there's so many options that you'll have available to you. So I'll stop there. Yeah. One of the things, and, and I want to, I really want to vamp on that because I think one of the biggest mistakes I see military officers make is they're assuming that their military experience is sufficient preparation in order to do what you're describing because they're defining the transition as, you know, starting sometime around when they're about to start terminal leave and kind of finishing sometime after they start their new company. So I, I would love for you to reiterate your point. Please mm -hmm. define for us the transition as mm -hmm. we see it 
um, as a means to getting to the succession planning and director level type of leadership in a company. Would you redefine that? For yeah. Me? And, and I used to create, a, I used to say to people, I had this image that I would say to them when they were at the conference that I, I would say, I wish I could take all the companies that are going to be interviewing you at a conference, you know, your 10 interviews or your 12 interviews. And I wish I could make them as they drive to the interview, drive by a billboard of you. And they would see this picture of you on the billboard and, and it would say a high performing military officer with tons of business potential. That's, that's what it would say. And they would be interviewing you with that in mind. And that to me marks the beginning of the transition process, a, a proven military leader with a lot of business potential. And then, and then four to five years later, you know, if I made somebody drive by a new billboard to represent you at the at the end of the transition, and really now the beginning of your your track record of leadership in a corporation, the new billboard would say "proven business leader," proven business leader, proven high potential, high performing business leader who happens to have come from the military, and and a lot of times people people you know, we'll say, and we are, we are veteran recruiters and you and I both are veterans, Pete. So, I mean, we love the military, but a lot of what we really are is in the, is in the business of, of, um, of high potential business leaders and helping military officers, high performing military officers understand the decisions that they're making to transition from the world of high performance, high potential in the military to the world of high performance and high potential in the business world. And it is not an easy transition. And if it were, you would see leaders in corporations just stuffed with former military because certainly military officers are great leaders and the best trained leaders on the planet. Uh, but but so it's not, it's not just leadership potential. It's not just talent. Right. That that gets a person up to that that level in a corporation, it 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 is it's the way you play your cards. It's strategic in the execution. It's the combination of a high potential, high performing person who now in the world of free agency, which is what corporate America is, they don't have any contracts, right? They don't have. It's not go to work or go to jail in the business world. I mean, we military officers fight for our freedom, which we're grateful for, but they haven't really benefited from freedom yet until you get out. But once you get out, you have the freedom. Right. to make choices. But but with the freedom to make choices comes the possibility of making good choices and making bad choices. And I think everything about the Cameron Brooks development program, about the way that we walk a high potential, high performing military officer through the transition process, our, our career conference process, the alumni program that we have, everything that we write about making the transition is geared towards helping a military officer in that first three to four years out of the military transition into a proven business leader who happens to be former military. Everything that we've done for 40 years is geared exactly towards that. Let's talk of everything that makes sense. Let me let's define for those listening where the where the ditch is. 
where is the derail point? Where, where do people mess up on the transition in your experience? And, and I say mess up as if it's some moral decision. This is not morality. This is just consequential in nature. We make decisions. There's a natural consequence to it. So where, where's the misstep or maybe where's the pitfall in that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably defining the transition as, you know, in a much more expeditious way is that I, you know, I get paid from the military and I need to get out and get paid, you know, in a business. And, and uh, I think that, I think that, you know, Pete, if you and I were looking to start a corporation today, you know, one of the, th- you know, and we have a product and we're going to sell a product. One of the things you and I would never do is, is shrink the size of the markets that we're going to try to market our product at. You know, restrictions, when you're doing something that is a big change, whether it's launching a new business, launching a new product or launching a new career, I think that that restrictions are things that make your market get smaller, um, making decisions in isolation, uh, like, hey, my friend works for so-and-so company, therefore, I'm just going to go to work for that company, as if the algorithm that your friend used to decide that was a good choice is going to be the same algorithm that you're going to use. There's just a lot of assumptions where I think people are making decisions in isolation and then they, they end up transitioning. They, I mean, we, you and I see it all the time with military officers that, that, uh, you know, get out and 12 months later after they make their decision, they're not happy. They're underemployed. It's not a good fit. And then they, they, they switch again and I, we see this all the time with really good military officers that don't benefit from the career conference. They're, they're people that have come across our radar and we know they're high potential, high performing military. But then it's funny to see them three or four years. They don't go through this program three to four years later. And they're going from one company to another company to another company. And nothing will kill your career faster and then being a you know, 29, 30, 31, 32 year old that still is not established as a, as a high performer, high potential. It's really interesting too, that there are a lot of business people out there that are high performers and low potential. And so you'll see it on the nine blocks of succession planning. I mean, that, that is, you know, you can have a job, you can, you can become a subject matter expert. You're never going to lead anything. And, and you're not going to make it up to a, you know, to a senior vice president, you know, general manager, leader of a, of a business unit in a corporation, but, but you can still have a, you know, a job. It's just, it's just not towards leadership and you're going to end up in a good performer, no, no uh, potential block in that nine blocks of succession planning. And I think that that one of the reasons people, I see even MBAs get there. I think a lot of the top MBA programs is, in my opinion, simply my opinion, I think there is way too much Kool-Aid that is consumed at these top MBA programs that there is some like get rich quick or get up to the senior levels of leadership by going through this 18-month classroom program. I mean, it would be laughable to say that there would be a school in the U.S. military that a person could go to for 18 months or 24 months, and it would guarantee them to be a great general, great admiral. There's just, you know, there's just everybody that knows anything about leadership in the military knows that's, that's utterly ridiculous. Leaders are built through experiences, through progressive experiences. And so I think that the, the, the ditch, Pete, is, is anything that is restrictive or expeditious when you're doing something big, 
when you're transitioning in something that is large, like like a transition from the military to the business world is a major life transition. As big as going in the military, getting out of the military is as big as going in. And you think about most 27, 28 year olds, what's the biggest decision that military officers have ever made? It's to go in the military because it's such a dramatic change from, from more than likely the way anybody grew up, unless they grew up in a military family. Even in that case, it's probably still a pretty big change. But getting out of the military is a major career decision. And anytime somebody is making a major career decision, it is the time to use your head. It's not the time to be making decisions in isolation on gut feels. It is the time to do research and to really evaluate your options and to understand and develop context on your definition of fit, like what is going to matter to you. And and everything that we do about the career conference process, as you know, Pete, is geared towards helping military officers make really good decisions at the start of their career to avoid the ditch of having to switch jobs every 12 months when they get out. They and then in essence restarting the transition every 12 months. You know, we want to transition once and thoughtfully as opposed to transitioning four and five times, which you know, pull up your some of your friends on LinkedIn. It is it is painfully obvious that um, mil- many former military are um, are falling into the ditch on this decision. That's going to conclude the episode for this one. And it was a perfect segue because the next episode, I really want you to talk about, okay, well, tactically, what's the strategy then? How should we do that? How should we get there? And so for those listening, thanks for listening. I appreciate you being here. Next episode, keep going with Chuck and he's going to describe exactly how to be successful in the transition. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks again for tuning in for this episode with Chuck. I hope the things that he shared during our time was meaningful, impactful, and frankly, information that you can use in your process. Um, This is part one. I actually continued the conversation, and we're going to make that part two. We're going to publish the next episode in two weeks with Chuck. And on that episode, we're going to go even further. We're going to use this idea of a transition and then be more tactical in defining, okay, well, if officers are interested in making a transition, how do they do it? And how do they ensure that they avoid those pitfalls that Chuck just talked about? So stay tuned for that one. Again, that one will be the very next episode coming out in a couple of weeks. If you want to know more about Cameron Brooks, you can find a, a ton of material at our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. We also have uh, presence on all social media. So there's a lot of information and tools that you can use in order to further um, gather information, uh, ultimately to make a decision that's best for you, best for your family in deciding or not to make the transition to corporate America. For now, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Take care.